The Accutron Show. Accutron. It's not a timepiece. It's a conversation piece. With your host, Bill McCuddy, and contributors Scott Alexander and David Graver. This, this is indicative of the good life. It still celebrates the good life. And I don't think that that's ever going away. The voice you heard at the top of the show was today's guest, Sam Phillips. He's the president of La Polina Cigars, a historic American cigar brand. And it's been named one of the top 25 cigars of the year by Cigar Aficionado. But first up, me. I'm Bill McCuddy, along with culture writer Scott Alexander and lifestyle editor David Graver. We are discussing the cigar culture in America and the evolution of this beautiful habit through the decades. Is it going to survive? We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of The Accutron Show. Gentlemen, David, let me start with you. You've been to Cuba. Indeed, actually. You the- bastard. We're very, very <laughs> jealous. Yeah, we're- <laughs> the best cigar smoking experience I've ever had, actually, on a rooftop with a cigar that was rolled for me earlier that day. And you're not a big cigar smoker. No, I'm not, actually. But I do still associate cigars with the important moment, the pinnacle celebration. You had the pleasure, as we all did, of having one at uh, the top of the Grand Havana Room last week. Uh, A special edition we're going to talk about that was rolled for the Accutron Watch. Uh, We'll meet the president of that company uh, in the next segment. But uh, in the meantime... When was the first time you smoked a cigar, Scott? I smoked a very terrible cigar when I was 23 years old. And uh, I don't think I smoked another one for another three or four years. But then when I did, it was a very good cigar and it was a very different experience. Yeah, that that first experience is really important. And I think it's one of the things we're going to ask our guest about because there's no way of really knowing. When you go flipping through the pages of Cigar Aficionado and they, they don't really do a good job explaining what the tastes are and where you should begin. Here's it can the be really intimidating to, yeah, to, to it, get into that. It's extremely intimidating. And expensive. Thank you, Marvin Schenken. Like, like, oh, I'm 25 years old and I'm supposed to drop $20 on something I don't even know how to smoke? Yeah. And outside of that magazine, we're definitely devoid of ambassadors and people that can educate us on the legacy and the process behind it because the process is pretty, pretty step by step. You have to do it right. Yeah, I, I well, Jay Z is there being your your ambassador. Well, he was there. I mean, that was for uh, that was a couple of years ago, and that was for the and platinum he's not giving brand out lessons. Turns that Dav- Davidoff Davidoff had a, a really good run with uh, the platinum series in terms of getting younger people to smoke cigars because that was kind of a hip hop brand. But man, I don't know where you look now to find anybody young that's smoking. I mean, I smoke. I consider it a ritual. I enjoy it. I don't think it's a habit, but I don't know. Uh, how to get people I, I think your the age, young David, people into with this. this emphasis on experiences over things. I think that's that's hopefully going to help bring things back a little bit. Like there was a retreat into electronics for a while, and now I think there's a kind of a pushback against that. This is also because public spaces where people were smoking have yeah. disappeared. Yeah. So a lot of the cigar smoking is happening in private, and a lot of the legacy transitioning is happening behind closed doors the crybabies have taken over there's no question about we it we need to take back starbucks as a cigar lounge <laughs> starbucks starbucks Star- would be that's huge come on i'm gonna we got to trademark that right here uh it reminds me a little bit uh we were talking earlier about uh, the ind- the the spirits industry like they do a pretty good job of telling us what things are going to taste like they've also helped build connections between the barrel and the whiskey flavor or the process and the effervescence in your champagne. So when people 
take a sip. They know why it's happening. And when you're informed, you feel like you have greater access into the experience. There's a lot more baby steps also you can do, use to get people into that experience where it's like, Maybe you should try a beer before you try whiskey. Right. Maybe you should try a glass of wine before you try tequila. And there's a million places you can go have a drink. And there's not that many places you can go smoke a cigar. That's I mean, right. uh, we're, I have to mention, we're going to talk about it with our guest. La Polina has a big uh, history with the Paley family. And they have a park here that they actually devoted to nothing but cigarette and cigar smoking. But that's really it you know central park you can't smoke in anymore uh what's going on in brooklyn anybody smoking cigars over there just behind the privacy of their own uh, <laughs> yeah. their own home doors bill actually what was your first cigar i you know it, it was probably a macanudo because uh, that was sort of the beginner kit when i started smoking like 40 years ago sure. and uh it was i don't remember the the time or the place i just know that you know i grew up watching people like groucho marx with a cigar in his mouth and i just thought got into stand-up comedy myself and thought you know would watch letterman smoking and then one day he stopped but you used to be able to watch the the letterman show and they would come back from a, a commercial and he'd have a big stogie they would put behind well, the whole uh, thing was just much more common back then and it, yeah. it feels like there's been a movement as cigarette smoking has sort of been uh decreasing radically in the culture that cigars in a weird way have sort of stayed where they were. They weren't the most dominant form of smoking, you know, 30 years well, ago. Well, we'll find out. I don't but know where they're they, getting, they I don't know where be, they're getting the new smokers. I they're mean, not being undercut by vaping and movement toward vaping in any way, shape or form. There is no technology yeah, va- in the cigar vaping world. Is, yeah. Vaping is a good substitute for cigarettes is not a good substitute for cigars. I, I'm uh, uh, the father of somebody who has occasionally vaped. And uh, I think this technology is going to be very, very, sad for us someday so uh yeah there's no vaping we used to say there's a cigar room or a bar room the vaping room for me is at the emergency room at the hospital <laughs> i I'm, I'm very concerned about that technology but uh back to this experiential thing so as as guys just sitting around where's our cigar bar if it's not if they've closed them all across the country and we're going to learn from our guest whether they're trend is going up or down but where are we finding cigar places bars to go? Our backyard we're the ones who have to take it back bill the garage uh, yeah. exactly you're you have to be the change you want to see in the cigar world and, and then with that what are you smoking now and why what's your flavor profile what's your well you know you ask what i started with and i started with macanudo and now i smoke uh you know we smoke the la polina that we're going to talk about a little later uh the other night and it's a good medium bodied cigar to me so for me that's what i like i like a creamy medium body cigar it does not uh, take much to knock me on my butt so i take it i take it light when it comes to cigars. yeah you know that's the other experience that some people can have is that they get they say i got green you know they smoked something too quickly probably they probably uh didn't have anything to eat if they smoked a heavy cigar and uh, they <laughs> they got a little green around the gills, uh, and that that's that is an experience that we should talk to our guest about as well. Uh, how do you make sure that first experience is a good one? Because man, a first impression for uh, somebody trying to take up cigars can be horrible. They can be badly. Uh, they can be way too dry. They can be badly stored. They can be, uh, there are a lot of people, uh, PTSD, they can cut wrong. Yes. Honestly, in the industry is kind of shy of teachers, people who can actually convey the process and experience to you, remove all of the barriers so that you can sit down and actually enjoy yourself. This is our job. This is, we start here today. We stand up from these microphones and we start walking the streets. No, the problem is most people, uh, you know, 
Bloomberg told me when he was mayor, I'm never going to lose on a health issue, Bill, because I thought what they were going to do in New York was just sell licenses to places. There was a place called Elaine's on the Upper East Side, and she said, I'll pay hundred grand a year just to let people smoke in one of my rooms, and there'll be a non-smoking room. And he said, uh, and he was the revenue mayor, and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. The health issue is the hardest thing to to get people behind. He also banned big sodas, so. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, what is the cigar experience today? Why are people smoking cigars? What is it for? You know, for me, it's just a relaxation. Uh, I've had doctors actually tell me that it reduces blood pressure and it actually helps it go down. You you get reduced, you reduce blood pressure when you hang out with your friends, and that's what cigars often you know, for me that's the only time i smoke cigars what's a hang for you just uh spirits and karaoke <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy as someone who has worked in editorial for many years i enjoy pouring many competitive whiskeys and sitting down and sipping them all does that experience happen in the cigar world as well where people take out six and want to share i mean a cigar takes 45 minutes to smoke or even an hour so you know it's hard to it's hard to line them up with a whiskey you can put you can pour a thimble full of five different whiskeys and have right a flight yeah it's a little easier and cigars don't get passed around like joints (laughs) yeah so it's not quite the same experience you've never wanted to smoke what your friend is smoking Uh, i i have and and actually some people do do that i mean it grosses other people out but some people actually will sometimes you can cut it again or uh you can wipe it down and pass it around or you can but or no, you can that's... just get over yourself and your germs <laughs> <laughs> or you can bring two one for everyone and quit your belly yet. there we go uh, did you bring enough for the whole class bill <laughs> david we should mention he was talking about drinking uh, at cool hunting has the probably the coolest job of all of us uh and a great inbox of stuff that just shows up every day uh gear watches cigars uh and spirits so uh He's officially the luckiest guy on the podcast right now. I'm a wonderful house guest. I get to bring over products that no one can buy yet. <laughs> Top shelf. Well, in the next podcast, bring more stuff. Um, <laughs> Scott, after your first negative cigar experience, you returned many years later. Why was that? It was a wedding. A friend of mine got married. I was 26 years old. One of those first time, And that's that early sort of blush of weddings in your life where your friends are just starting to get married. And I didn't bring the cigars, but a friend of mine did. It was a big clatch of people sort of outside after the reception. They were like, hey, we're all smoking cigars. Like Pacino and Godfather like, of 3. Of course I'm in. They dragged you back in. Exactly. But you had a better experience a because it was a different experience. Yeah, and it was, but it, it also was the bonding. It also was the fact that you were probably Huge at a wedding. Piece of it was the bonding. But you know for a fact it was a better cigar. Oh, 100%. Well, it tasted good for one thing. Right. Do you remember what it was? Do I you have, have any... no idea what the brand was, but I, I do remember having Was it Cuban experience. or was it uh, don't not so. that you're aware of? How do you find your cigar? How do you find the cigar that matches best with your personality, the way you like to smoke? I mean, again, I'm a lightweight, so I like to keep it. I, I generally ask someone who knows to uh, give me one that's not going to kill me. That's the basic question that most people come into a cigar store and ask, especially if it's somebody buying it for somebody else. Nobody ever says, give me the strongest cigar you have here. Most people walk in and go, well, I'm not sure what he likes. Give me something mild. How do you build brand loyalty? Is there brand loyalty? Yeah. I mean, the, the question is they spend a tremendous amount in advertising that we know. And But in terms of, I know that there's a tremendous amount of uh, pop-up stuff where the brand, uh, the guys who are heads of the of the company will go to big events. Uh, they, you know, but tobacco is one of those incredibly brand loyal things. I mean, people have their cigarette brand and they smoke that for fifty years. Right. You know, it's the same thing with uh, tobacco. When you find a profile you like, 
it's reliable. You know, you're going to get that consistency of experience and you can go back to it again and again. One of those brands is La Polina, and we will meet the president of the company after this. The world runs on Accutron time. Accutron watches since 1960 from New York City to around the world. Welcome back to the Accutron Show. We are joined by Sam Phillips. He's the president of La Polina Cigar. Sam, welcome to the podcast. And uh, what'd you bring to smoke? Gentlemen, happy to be here. We can smoke anything you want. I actually have about 14 bundles with me. You know, we've been talking before you got here about how you can't smoke as many places as you used to be able to. But La Polina and the Paley family have given uh, the city of New York, and we can brag to people listening outside of this uh, zip code, we have a a park called Paley Park. Explain the background of that thing. Indeed. So there is a park uh, donated here by the Paley's. Um, You know, you have the Paley, Paley Center for the Arts here as well. And if you go down to the Carnegie Club and grab yourself a Laplin, you can walk right down to the park. And I believe it is the only place that you can smoke in New York, open air, Yeah, as, we were, as I've been told. Yeah, we were talking about Central Park about 10 years ago. They banned it. And uh, so people uh, – with the, the funniest – yeah, and, and what's funny is to walk, have people walk by and look in and go, no, 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 you're not so – and, and they actually have like – he's not a concierge, but they have like a guy there who cleans your ashtray and That's has right. matches for you and a cutter. And, uh, man, it's the last bastion of, uh, of civility in the city if you're a cigar smoker. It's old school. I mean, like the Paley family itself and its legacy in the media here. Sure, absolutely. I mean, look, uh, Bill, uh, who's the uh – the captain of our ship at La Polina Cigar Company. He is a diehard cigar smoker through and through. This is his family's legacy. And there was no way they were not going to be able to smoke in that park. We should remind people who don't know Bill Paley. His father was uh, in charge of CBS. His mom was uh, Babe Paley that was like a, a major society yes. dame in uh, in Manhattan. And they cut a wide swath through this city. And, and there were a tremendous number of CBS not just CBS, but CBS performers who were big cigar smokers. Indeed, absolutely. I mean, if you if you look back, I think that the most interesting thing uh, pre-CBS and post-CBS here is La Polina Cigar Company for me. I mean, 1896, the company was, was formed, founded by Bill's grandfather, Samuel Paley, and they sold the company and they used those assets to buy distressed uh, radio stations that then turned into television and voila, CBS, <laughs> but not without La Polina Cigar Company. Previously, Congress Cigar Company, La Polina Cigar Company, which was named after Bill's grandmother. It's a very cool story. So any lousy CBS show that we can think of, we can blame on La Polina Cigars. Absolutely. And all the great ones you we can You can blame thank. it on me personally if yeah. it makes all of us feel better. <laughs> I'm really curious to know who you think the ambassadors for cigar smoking are today. Because it's it's sort of faded out of pop culture and we don't have those like hero figures that used to to guide Groucho the, the legacy. And yeah, yeah, sure. the, yeah, absolutely. Even Schwarzenegger only occasionally now has a cigar in his mouth. I don't know. He's there smoking more and more. He and Sly just did. We're, we're spoofing each other uh, about some old movies uh, I saw on social media the last couple of weeks. Those guys really go at each other. It's a great question. Um, things have sort of morphed over to characters of the past like George Burns, etc. cetera, um, that were, how do you say, figureheads and... Uh, I guess, bastions of cigar smoking. And now there's personalities in our business. 
So uh, somebody that I worked with uh, off and on for 11 and a half years uh, sits at my Thanksgiving Day table, Rocky Patel from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, <laughs> uh, one of the best of the best. You've got Carlito Fuente, uh, George Padron, great guys, Alan Rubin from Alec Bradley Cigar Company, of course, you know, Bill Paley. These guys are real personalities. And I think that the connection has changed. So if you saw somebody like Letterman or you saw somebody like George Burns smoking a cigar back in the day, you would make that association. Now it's different. It's the figurehead of the manufacturing community that have that are blazing new trails. So if you, as a young cigar smoker, 18, 19, 20, 21, and you're interested in the business, I see, you know, people very interested. Um, we just, uh, La Polina Cigar Company just partnered with Matt Booth, who owns Room 101 Cigars. So we have a full-fledged partnership moving forward. But if you meet this cat out in the streets, I mean, he's he's a beautiful human being. And, you know, he'll he'll spend the time with you to show you how to cut a cigar to light a cigar, talk about the essence of what he finds is his passion in the premium cigar category. And it's guys like Rocky, et cetera, who are really, you know, they're blazing that trail towards the future. Well, they have to. They own the companies. But I mean, the truth is, to David's point, I'm not sure we can find that many young people who will be like brand ambassadors anymore. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to smoke anywhere. And, you know, I'm a diehard. I lo- I, I'll, I'm on your side. But uh, I don't know who the next generation of cigar smokers is going to be if we're just looking at the guys that own the companies. Well, they're they're there. Let me let me tell you that I, I was in D.C. last week. We we did an activation for a book. It was fabulous, and you know we had forty five people show up. And I got to tell you, I, there were several people that were that were in their early twenties. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, and that's big. You know, Morton Steakhouse, D.C. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So D.C. is a big cigar town, anyway, right? Yeah, huge. I mean, you can still sit outside Columbus Circle, uh, Morton Steakhouse, and you can smoke outside with all your favorite senators and politicians if that's your bag. <laughs> if they're willing to be photographed outside smoking cigars. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was there before Boehner left office and I was sitting outside and there were like 25 of them. And Bill, myself and our other partner, Clay Roberts, were sitting outside having a meal. And uh, it was interesting to me because that steakhouse just happens to have a bunch of La Polinas in their humidor. And these guys were all smoking La Polina. It was really neat. How would you guide someone toward if someone is nervous about approaching a cigar because of lack of understanding the nuance of the flavor, what do you say to an emerging cigar smoker? Even the process can be daunting. Absolutely. So this is a really tough question and a great question, by the way. Thank you for asking. So the the, the straightforward answer is, is kick gloves. You have to ask a lot of questions. And I always say that we have a fiduciary responsibility as a tobacconist and as a cigar maker to not ruin somebody's first experience because you can really go down the wrong path here. If I give you the wrong cigar to start and I don't say to you, okay, this is how this works. So whether it's a male or whether it's a female, whether you're 18 or you're 88, it doesn't matter to me. I've got to make that experience the best I can I can make it for you because misunderstanding how this process works can ruin it forever. You know, this isn't like, uh, it's not like uh, chewing tobacco or smoking a cigarette. Uh, this is a meditative experience cigar smoking. You get to sit back, you, you get to chill out, you get to sit with your own thoughts or chop it up with your buddies and really deep dive into what's going on in your world, your job, what's what's not going well, what's really going well, the trials, the tribulations, and the cigar is the conduit to that experience. We were talking about what the, the world of whiskey and, and bourbon and how they've been doing a good job of telling people what the taste differences are. And do you think cigars are doing a good enough job of that? I mean, you've got a whole magazine that rates them, calling them nutty or leathery or creamy or 
buttery. Uh, yeah, buttery. <laughs> uh, and and yet when I look at most of the advertising, it's based on tradition and this is the best blend and this is the most Cubanesque or this is the most Dominican. Uh, are we doing a good enough job telling people this is what it's going to taste like? I think that when you when you're referring to credible media, and I think that that's what you're referring to, Mr. McCuddy, I think that it's a really great question. And and look, I've been doing this. This is going to be my 25th year in and around this business. You know, this is what they're saying. I I, I don't know that I've ever tasted black leather in any cigar that I've smoked <laughs> and or made. But here's what I can tell you: white pepper spice, black pepper spice, creamy, buttery earthy tones that that make sense to me. I also find that in those publications. And I think that a lot of people that are out there and who are trying to be descriptive about the cigars that they're either smoking or rating, you know, you've got to take in the shock factor, the wow factor into what it is that they're trying to portray to the world. But it's the same way when you someone's trying to learn to drink whiskey and they put a little bit of whiskey in their mouth. If you've never had whiskey in your mouth before, you kind of go, whoa, dear. And you're not going to taste leather. You're not going to taste notes of citrus. You're not going to taste high notes or low notes or anything else. You're just going to try and have the experience. I think your approach of saying, take this as an opportunity to stop. Don't be on your phone be with your friends or be with your thoughts and have this. Pre- and I think the, the main thing is just to make sure some a beginner doesn't get a cigar that's way out of their league, that's too heavy. It's going to knock them on their butt or something like that. 100%. I mean, so if I was going to start somebody off, I would certainly start them off with a Connecticut of sorts, whether it's a La Polina Classic Connecticut, whether it's a Davidoff, a Rocky Vintage 1999. And and from that standpoint, because there are Connecticut cigars now, it's very popular for Connecticut to, to smoke medium body. So you're looking for that spice, that body, and that pepper. But to fold over into what we were talking about with whiskey, because I'm I'm intimately familiar. I've done the Universal Whiskey Experience several times, Whiskey Fest, et cetera. Um, and I'm a huge, like, all day, every day, Glenfiddich 15 is, is my go-to, die hard. Or some Balvini Caribbean cask, which I absolutely love. Well, did you bring any? I really, you know, it's interesting. We have a partnership. Uh, a lot of talk with Wes. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I didn't know we were going to be day drinking. My gosh. Um, but yeah, sure. If anybody's got some whiskey, let's do it. You know, Balvenie Caribbean cask. But if you get into heavy Lagavulins, I mean, that's a real peaty, heavy Scotch compass box. Right, and you're not going to start someone on Lagavulin. Correct. But you would do over Or on Lafroy. You know, you give someone a glass of Lafroy as their first scotch, you'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah, no like scotch like bandits. ever again. <laughs> oak, oak not smoke, a light space side. That's a wonderful introduction. Right, exactly. So the cigar equivalent you're saying is in Connecticut. I, okay, so if we were pairing scotches because I, I worked for Alec Bradley Cigar Company almost for five years with a dear friend, Alan Rubin, so super tight. And he has a partnership with William Grant and Sons. So that entire portfolio, as a matter of fact, fun fact, the gentleman you're meeting with, uh, I think later this afternoon, the Orenzo family, Ralph and Gable, Hudson Bourbon, we launched that activation with Alec Bradley Cigars here in, in North America with cigars. Well, it's a natural tie in, obviously. I mean, it's 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 an adult thing. It's cigars. And and believe me, cigars would love to be a uh, a part of the boom that's happening in whiskey and rye and bourbon, obviously. So it, that all makes sense. My my concern is, but still, n- there's bars in every corner. Yeah, you can you can go buy bourbon anywhere. Cigar bar is a cigar bar is a dying breed. Yeah. There's there's no doubt. Um, I, guys, I think they're all great questions. I mean, tobacco is the dirtiest of dirty words right now. I mean, if you think about this, right? I mean, you understand that there's legalization of marijuana 
all across the United States of America. Well, it's uh, John Boehner left left the Senate smoking cigarettes and then uh, or the House smoking, and uh, went to he's now on the board of the biggest marijuana company in the U.S. Right. So you you know you you you're going to get scolded on the corner for for uh, smoking a cigar. But maybe there's uh, somebody that's uh, smoking I've a marijuana I've been in public cigarette. restaurants where people are vaping marijuana and no one knows it. No one knows it because. Uh, so, How did you know it, Mr. McCullough? Well, I've been told. I was. I was. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, is there a market there for the high end? Uh, I'm thinking like you know, blunts are typically rolled from the cheapest cigars that there are. Sure. So, is there a way to get into that market for this cigar companies? So anybody that I know that's manufacturing premium cigars has no interest in in that sector. Right of of, I guess the business we have to call it because you have those are the brand mates. ambassadors you don't want. Right, exactly. But you know what? But there's it's a, a market. There's a lot of guys. You know, Rocky has Gary Sheffield. He's got Ray Lewis. They're making premium cigars through his house. Um, you know, but but the the deal is that there's there's blunt wrap that's out there now, and we we sort of get folded over because people don't know uh, they don't know how to make a clear delineation between what is a premium handmade cigar, and that's the drum that we're out there pounding and beating with the CRA. And what is a black and mild? What is a swisher sweet? What is a Phillies blunt? And the young kids are breaking these open and they're rolling them into blunts and they're smoking marijuana, marijuana cigarettes. And that's the crossover that's confusing. By the time you plant a seedling in a, in a ground, by the time you get a cigar in a box are, are, is four to five years. 300 different hands minimum touch the tobacco along the way. It is a very different process. Yeah. Well, it's a very different process, but I'm just saying there's a huge market opening up in California, in Oregon, in Washington, and a lot – you go into these uh, places, they have pre-rolls. And what yes. if you could buy a super premium blunt that was pre-rolled that was made from actually quality Dominican wrapper from uh, – so, so to answer your question, I suppose that you could, but here's the deal. If you've ever smoked a cigarette or a clove cigarette or something like that, that's an inhalable product. If you were to hail, inhale a premium cigar, it is going to knock you on your Even just the wrap. Somebody's talking about it. Absolutely. Though, right? Isn't There's, somebody talking about mixing a, a blend with uh, with marijuana and tobacco to yeah, make a, they a have kick-ass there. cigar? There's a couple or, of CBD cigars. And now there's guys out in California that are making what's called a canagar. So it, it's in market. I, I just... I mean, it's not. You don't want me. people inhaling. You're from La Polina Cigars, and you don't yes. want people inhaling your cigars, do you? We do not want no. people inhaling. It's a totally different experience. I mean, it really, it'll really knock you on your butt. Yeah. Um, that content, the pure, the pure tobaccos, is so intense. It's meant to be rolled around your mouth, not into your throat whatsoever, and then pushed out. That's the process. Where where are cigars going though? Down the road, like what? What are we going to see if they are if they're not going to be blunt? What are they going to be? <laughs> so our segment, uh, the premium cigar category, continues to grow at two or three clicks a year. That's where we are. We're slow and steady, wins the race, regardless of how many cigar bars there are. Like in most industries, a lot of cigars are now purchased online. People are enjoying them in their homes, and you know, guys, it's really old school, man. Uh, it's the original social media. Yeah, the original tobacco is the original social medium, and we were sitting around and and use this to interact with your friends and share your memories. Your garage or your den or your man cave is now your cigar room, basically. If you don't get kicked out of the house, right? Or you're camping, or you're fishing, or you're celebrating a birth, or a a sweet sixteen, or a bar mitzvah, for that matter. And you know this this is indicative of the good life. It still celebrates the good life, 
And I don't think that that's ever going away, regardless, regardless of regulation. Yeah, we all want to be able to sit down and have, we've been talking a lot about how this is not a habit. It's, uh, it's something we actually want to do, not need to do. And so people are seeking out more expensive cigars and smoking maybe fewer of them. Good for your one or two clicks. You're going up every every year. But I think we're looking in an industry that has trouble getting new people to come aboard. So uh, if it's if it's picking up, it's because people are really looking at how they're spending their time more critically and saying, "I want to spend it doing something." Yeah, there's a movement with a bunch of other guys to experiences over things, and I think that tobacco, and a luxury experience really benefit from that. That movement, the tobacco is an experience. You literally consume it. It is gone. You do not own the thing anymore. You can't have your cigar and smoke it too. Uh, and you've, but you've had this moment with your friends. You've had your moment where you marked a birth or you marked a golf game or right. you marked a business deal. Right. What about also cigars as a bridge between the Americas and premium tobacco acting as an ambassador for South and Central America? Thousands, tens of thousands of jobs single mothers more appropriately, because as you know, um, there's a difference between what we see here in the United States in single mothers and, and what you would see in Central South America in, in single mothers. And, you know, it's interesting because the, the majority of women who touch the tobacco, not necessarily who roll the tobacco, but the sorting, the processing, the touch, the feel, the range is all done by women because they've got a softer touch. So literally we're employing tens of thousands of people. Uh, so this wouldn't be called the Icarton show if we didn't uh, talk a little bit about the relationship that you have with that watch brand and what's happening. Uh, that's kind of exciting in terms of a relaunch for them and a special cigar that you've blended. Tell Absol- us about it. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for asking. So when when I was approached um, to make a custom cigar for Accutron, it was very interesting because they were looking for a, a true American heritage legacy brand. And we are either the oldest or the second oldest cigar company doing business in the United States of America. It's either us or J.C. Newman. I'm not sure. Um, but it's one of the two of us. And we're, there's only a year of variance. So they came to us. We have a, a, a factory that we work with in Little Havana, Miami, El Titan de Bronze. It's where we make the La Polina Goldie, one of the most sought after cigars still to date. And um, it, it just made sense. It made sense for us. It's something that we wanted to be associated with. I called Bill. We had a conversation. I was like, Hey, Accutron. And he's like, excuse me? And I said, yeah, Accutron. And he said, yeah, I've got it. I've got it. I have my Accutron watch. And I was like, super cool. And I went through the whole process with him and we started to work on a, we started to work on a blend. Does it come with a tuning fork actually in the cigar? (laughs) There's a band on the outside of the cigar that has a tuning fork on it. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you feel your values, the values of the company align with that of the Accutron? Well, I mean, this is, uh, these are, these are two brands that take a lot of pride and obviously heritage in what these brands are, where they've come from, and and how we're forging into the future. You know, La Polina was relaunched uh, a little over 11 years ago by Bill. He bought it back. It was all about family pride, family legacy. And why bring back Accutron? It's the same, it's the same situation, right? If you look at the, the timeline of Accutron watches, and I believe it was 60 years ago, and you look at that original watch, then you look at the second iteration, the third iteration, and then sneak peek of what's to come. I did happen to see a, a picture of something floating around. I mean, it's it's super cool. And I think that what La Polina is doing today, and not just because I'm involved, is also super cool. We're working with new 
uh, fun tobaccos from all around the world, different methodologies, uh, different shade variations to blend. And I think that they marry very well together with with where I, I call it like an elegant funk. So you've got these old school, old school brands and typically things that are old are not necessarily cool. But I think that what we've got are two legacy products moving forward that are both very cool. How many, how many companies out there are actually still assembling cigars in the U.S.? To the best of my knowledge, legally, there are only two two companies. There are companies that – Legally. What, what we refer to <laughs> – Bill's little basement operation doesn't count? Bill McCutty? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, that's, I think that that's something that's really unique today is American-made American made products, American companies manufacturing within the United States of America. I mean, there's cigar rollers all over the United States. But this is an actual factory that's not just what we refer to as applying wrapper. And what that means is the base of the, the cigars typically will come up and there's a binder and then the fillers. And then what will happen is the roller will then put the wrapper on the cigar. And, you know, the, the consumer base looks at that as rolling a cigar, which I guess technically it is. But when you roll a cigar, you're putting all the components together. So first you take the fillers and then you apply the binder to the outside of the fillers. They get placed in a mold rotate, 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 and then the cigar is ready to apply wrapper after it's gone through a, a draw test machine to make sure that the airflow is working. So and that all happens in the U.S.? That all happens. The Every Accutron cigar that will be smoked will have gone through this process. So for a limited time, my American-made watch comes with my American-made cigar. Indeed, sir. And Sammy Phillips had something to do with it. Sam Phillips, uh, we didn't even get to your years with Elvis Presley, uh, who I yeah, wanted to hear Sun more Records, about. Absolutely. How many times a day do people go, are you related to that Sam Phillips? Well, here's the cool, this is an interesting part. Anybody know the night that Elvis died? Yeah, August, what, uh, 1974? 1977. Seven. So close. August, in between. Hot August we, night? We crossed in the middle of the night. He was born. Or he, he died on the night I was born. Oh, wow. August 17th, <laughs> 1977. No Man, I had no idea where you were going so with this. So Elvis discovered Sam Phillips. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what happened. I or mean, you're the reincarnated uh, king of rock and roll. Much less, much less <laughs> successful than Elvis. But I'm still having a great time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Accutron Show. To hear all our shows, visit AccutronWatch.com. For upcoming guests as well as behind-the-scenes action, follow us on Instagram at AccutronWatch. From the 29th floor of the Empire State Building, until next time, Accutron time. Set your tuning forks.